Alright, hello everyone. Welcome into another electrifying instance episode of the Geek Garage Podcast. I am your host, David, as per usual. With me, as per usual, is my trusty but not dusty co-host, Ted White. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, apparently trusty but not dusty, so I guess yeah, that's I don't, a good thing. I mean, I don't know what the dusty part is. Honestly, I just went with it. It rhymes with trusty. Uh but dusty like sounded negative and so mm. i didn't want to say we're gonna stick with it for right now i think okay. and and then okay well maybe we'll throw it in the fucking garbage like most of the shit that we come up with uh but you know hey if it if it ends up sticking if we get any sort of positive feedback or any feedback at all uh, uh regarding that dumbass intro then you know hey maybe we'll keep it you know, but am I not allowed to object? Do I not get a say in this at all? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about it afterwards. That's a no. <laughs> uh, um, it might just be like the cheesecake thing. I don't know. Fair. Uh, but, uh, so before we get into this week's episode, which is a continuation of our villains themed month, uh, if you haven't been listening up until now, uh, like Ted said last week, fantastic job. Uh, you're doing you're doing you're, doing, you're super proud really of you guys do- and girls and gals right Shit. yeah you have made the active choice to not listen and i applaud you for that because our show is just mediocre but that's what we're aiming for so it, it is quite apropos uh but we do have a few things to hit on before we continue on with our villains theme month and of course we are doing comic book villains uh first thing is an update on events it's more or less the same as last week with one small exception um evil con uh like we said is moved to july 10th through the 12th uh tac has been postponed not yet rescheduled MomoCon has been postponed this is where the change kicks in from last week uh MomoCon has been postponed but it is moved to 2021 um so that I think there was a conflict with trying to find a venue or trying to get their current venue to get them a, a good reschedule date and they just couldn't nail it down. So they had to push back a year. Uh, same goes for Nashville Comic-Con that was postponed and moved to 2021. As for right now, a Kaicon is still set for July 24th through the 26th. So, um, that is uh that is pretty much all we have as far as updates go um especially events all right so before we dive into the episode we're gonna go over our facebook poll real quick uh ted you want to uh you want to take this take it from here yes because i have a lot of thoughts on this (laughs) Uh, and most Uh, of those thoughts involve you all being terrible disappointments and i'll tell you why (laughs) the uh theme poll for this week or at least for this episode was uh who was a more effective or a quote-unquote better villain not better in the sense of they had some good in them better in the fact that they were more effective of of a villain the two that we chose were green goblin of course from spider-man and then the joker from batman and joker won pretty handily with something like 73 percent of the overall votes um, went to him and that is wrong and i will tell you why (laughs) You voters allowed yourselves, allowed your judgment to be clouded, okay? The question wasn't, which was better in the movie? Obviously, Heath Ledger's Joker was very good and was the best part by a large margin of The Dark Knight. Correct. 
As a comic book character, the Green Goblin pushes Joker shit in 10 times out of 10, okay? <laughs> the Green Goblin has a fucking glider and bombs, all right? The Joker has some really, really shitty card tricks, okay? He has a lapel flower that shoots water or acid, okay? That's going to be super effective of a guy in the fucking sky, all right? <laughs> I mean, to play devil's advocate, he did get the best of Batman a couple times, right? I mean, I'm not super versed in the Joker when it comes to the comic books, so that's kind of why I personally voted for Green Goblin in in this poll. Yes, because because that's the correct answer, David. (laughs) Well, I mean, not not just that, but like I've read more iterations of Spider-Man that involved Green Goblin than I did with Batman that involved Joker, at least as the, the main main villain in that story. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't, uh, what Ted is saying, I pretty much mirror those, those same thoughts. I feel like, uh, and maybe it's partly my fault, uh, for not being super clear, but the pictures that I did put on the poll, were not pictures from the movies. It was not Heath Ledger's Joker or Joaquin Phoenix's Joker or Jared Leto's Joker. Which um, doesn't which exist. Were, I don't know what you're talking about. Right, exactly. Uh, and it wasn't Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Uh, it, they were both, I made active attempts to choose images for these two villains from the comic books. And like Ted said, I have a little bit of an inkling that people were voting based off of the movie versions of these two villains. And while that's, that's definitely a different poll, a different story, a different result set, I feel like, but as for the comic books go, you know, I, I feel like people, people tend to, uh, with this poll, they, they voted with their experience with the Joker and movies versus the Green Goblin in movies. Um, so that's... <laughs> now, 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 to be fair, <clears throat> I did go a little hard on the voters earlier. And while I am thankful, and, you know, we are thankful that anybody very thankful. contributed, you know, it's all in good fun. Your opinions mm. aren't wrong, despite them being, in fact, incorrect. <laughs> um, I could see how a case could be made for the Joker, right? Because he is basically batman's arch nemesis and the point is he can't fucking fly all right the green goblin is not only an effective villain as the green goblin he's an effective villain just as norman osborne right so that 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 to me really is why he edges out the glider is just a funny comment and really cool but he in my opinion he does edge out in just about any you know any way you want to look at it right um, not to uh, point anyone out, but you know, since we're this is a little on the positive side, our buddy Mac he actually voted for the Green Goblin. So high five, Mac! You're one of the the very small percentage people that with the correct choice, right? Um, as we know, Mac has been on the podcast, longtime friend to the show, mm-hmm. uh, very intelligent, very good guy. Even though his Star Trek opinions are not always a hundred percent, you know, still a, still a solid guy. Right, yeah. You like Sequest. You gotta, I mean, you gotta give it up for that. 
Hey, I think we on that episode, we all found some pretty solid common ground with the next generation, I think. Yes. how it's the, it, You know what? Let's not relitigate the past. Max is a solid guy. He's a solid guy. Right. Yeah. Um, and we are also getting way off topic. So, um, Both I of think, you assume we had one at the beginning. <laughs> that is, uh, that is most definitely true. Anyway, um, long story short. Uh, yeah. Joker won. Yeah. Thank I you. I demand a recount, but I won't get one. So, uh, but yeah, what you should take away is that thank you once again for participating in polls and we will try not to yell at you too much in the future. I make no such for, promises <laughs> for making the wrong choices. Um, so, uh, without further ado, uh, Ted, do you, do you have anything else before we kick off this intro music? Yeah. One last thing, just as a reminder, if you did not listen to the previous episodes we did on this theme for villains month, uh, reminder that the criteria are as follows first and most importantly, each character that we have chosen has to actively choose to partake in evil or to do bad things. Yes. Um, something like the Sentinels, for example, from X-Men, while definitely effective, while definitely great um, plot devices, you know, they're machines. Mm-hmm. So um, they don't have the free will, so to speak, to to make those decisions and, and hunt mutants. That's what they were designed to do. Right. Um, that's that's the biggest and really only you know point that we that we had gone into so um i think that david and i both kind of stuck to more mainstream yep uh choices that's not to say that there aren't great villains in i guess alternative comics or maybe i don't want to say lesser known in like a derogatory way but um you know other other imprints that aren't just like marvel or dc right um, that maybe don't have the reach of those two yeah, um, because there definitely are great characters in those, and and some of my favorite books are, are from like Image Comics, which I guess is pretty big, and yeah, um, some of the things like that. So, yeah, we we may do going forward, we may do maybe another theme month or another episode where we cover like lesser known villains that we think deserve to uh, be discussed a little bit more. So yeah, so it wasn't necessarily um, uh, an active decision to steer away from those to belittle them just more so um as with all the episodes we try to attack each topic from a point where if you're a beginner um you know you can dive in and learn some new stuff and not feel overwhelmed but right. if you have you know some experience with the topic then you know you're not just going to be uninterested like oh this is just like beginners 101 for whatever right um that said you know for a comics newbie it's probably best to stick to some of the bigger imprints mm-hmm. um you know so i don't know i i looked over both lists and i think they're pretty solid um yeah that's just my opinion and it's uh infallible as we all know so <laughs> i'm comfortable with it other than that that's all i had david hit the music and let's get a shit show on the road Alright, so I will kick off the proceedings here with my first choice for um, what I think are the best or the most effective or the most villainous villains of comics. And number one, I said it when we did the intro to the very first themed episode about this, the very first teaser we ever did, the answer was Darkseid. <laughs> and I stuck yeah. with that. Uh, 
born as Euxus, uh, a literal god uh, from another dimension. He destroyed the pantheon of gods that birthed him, just because. Because. Um, I'm sure there was a reason in comic lore. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but it probably wasn't as good of a reason as because he was a badass who wanted to do badass things. Mm-hmm. Um, his ultimate goal is to conquer and destroy all free will and all sentient beings. So, um, I mean, that's like, you you really don't get more villainous than that. You know what right. I mean? Like, also, he called your mom fat. Whoa. You know, like, he's the <laughs> ultimate dick. Um his, his sort of secondary goal, or I guess tied in tertiary maybe to the first ultimate goal, is that uh, he wants to discover the anti-life equation. Mm-hmm. Aside from sounding badass, that would give him total control over the thoughts and emotions of all living beings in the universe. <laughs> like I said, he's just a real peach, this guy. <laughs> yes, he sounds like it. <clears throat> yeah. One of his... Um, I guess probably his primary weapon or one of his most famous weapons or abilities are the Omega beams. You've probably seen these. A lot of artist renditions of dark side have these like red. They look like lasers coming out of his eyes. Those are the Omega beams. Um, they can go in a straight line. Like you would think of like a normal laser blast, but they can also like go around corners and do all kinds of crazy things because physics are for not dark side. Um, they're so badass that not only can they kill a thing just by touching it, they can also bring that thing back to life and then kill it again. Just cause just, you know, I want to be the super dick today. That's what we're going to do. But my favorite dark side fact, and the real reason that he's number one, aside from the ultimate goal of total destruction of the entire universe is that he is so powerful He's too powerful to exist in any dimension other than his own. He literally would shatter reality if his, if his being came into our dimension. So anytime he's ever been in a comic and it wasn't on apocalypse, which is his home base, home planet, Mm -hmm. it's been an avatar or a projection. And that projection has still whooped that ass. (laughs) So the, Darkseid is basically the king of the mountain, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, is uh, is Darkseid uh, DC? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. I I, I can't remember well, when you brought him up originally. I I remember asking uh, uh, what he was from, and I remember. Yeah, yeah he's uh, he's a DC villain. He is um, basically. It's tough to say he's the arch nemesis of the Justice League since their rogues gallery is huge because it comprises all of their individual rogues galleries. Right. Um, but he's basically the ultimate bad. Um, I guess the biggest sort of comparison you could point to, or the most obvious comparison you could point to in between DC and Marvel characters would be Darkseid and Thanos. Um, of course, Thanos is probably more popular just because of the MCU and the films, but... Sure. Um, in terms of power and in terms of like who is a more terrifying villain, Darkseid is basically everything Thanos wishes he was. Mm-hmm. Um, he's basically what Thanos wants to be when he grows up. <laughs> um, he's just like the ultimate evil, basically. Sure. I mean, like, I, I, I don't want to shift focus from Darkseid to Thanos too much, but I mean, for in the spirit of uh, comic book, villains anyways i was thinking about this last night and i was like wait like i i only really have what what i've seen in the movies to go off of with thanos but it seems like thanos would be relatively conquerable 
if it wasn't for his fucking gauntlet with the, yeah. the infinity stones like it seems like without that he isn't too too badass of a villain or, or that that much of a uh, a, a mountain to conquer um, if i mean it, it, it kind of depends i guess um i mean he's definitely conquerable um the infinity gauntlet and the stones definitely make him like more fearsome like the the infinity gauntlet run in the comics is phenomenal and so much better than the films it's like almost offensive uh but yeah i've heard nothing but great things about that run fantastic fantastic run um there have been a lot of discussions like i said this is a super obvious comparison i'm not the first person to make it or talk about it like this is a thing that's gone on and you know comic geeks have debated this for forever basically Mm -hmm. um there's some really good videos on YouTube, which is probably a thing I'll never say again about <laughs> this, uh, this sort of back and forth between dark side and Thanos. And like the, the only way that Thanos could even really stand a chance. And this is getting like super deep into geekdom is like, what if he has the full powered gauntlet? Well, according to like Canon, the gauntlet only works in this universe mm-hmm. or like this multiverse. So in the DC multiverse, it wouldn't have any power. But also, like, Darkseid literally can't re- exist in our reality, or he would shatter it. So, sure. it's just like, it's not even really, it's it's like... If you want to talk, like, uh, true hypotheticals, the fight literally could never happen. Almost. It, it kind of seems like that's what you're getting well, at. Well, yes, because like, they're fake, but also... Because... Well, no, I'm talking about because, like, they could, they can't... Their them and their powers can't exist in the same universe. Yeah, I mean, even a projection of Darkseid would take down Thanos. And like, mm-hmm. I like Thanos as a comic character. In the movies, we have some other discussions, but that's well known and not really of this podcast. But right, um, yeah, Darkseid is basically just like just shy of invincible. Um, I can't remember the the storyline this was in, but in in one issue in some storyline, he's literally like disintegrated and they're like, Oh, dark side's finally dead. Yay. And then his, his being like just wills itself back into existence basically. So, um, he's ba- like essentially not invulnerable, but not invulnerable, excuse me, but like immortal. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, uh, we spent quite a quite a bit. Shot of time. our water a little early there. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? I said we shot our water a little early there. Maybe I should have saved him for a second. Hey, I don't know. <laughs> nah, I I mean that was a great way to kick off this episode. I uh, I mean I I didn't know a whole lot about Dark Side. Let me rephrase that. I knew nothing about Dark Side. Uh, so I, yeah, that was great info to to get. Do you have any more thoughts before we move on to my first villain? Um, no, um, dark side rules. I don't know. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) A Doyle rules. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, for my, my first villain, I picked Dr. Octopus, AK Doc Ock from Marvel slash Spider-Man. And I like Doc Ock because he and Peter Parker, they, they shared very similar like childhood teenage and adulthoods but they they both turned out to kind of be on the the uh, you know the side of a, a 
different sides of a the same coin, you know. The one turned out to be a hero, one one turned out to be a villain. I just found that, you know, pretty interesting. Uh but I like that he is um I, I think he's effective because he's he's complex and conflicted and he he knows how to use his oftentimes like no pun or I guess pun intended superior intelligence to his advantage to to beat Spider-Man. Um he also has like that arrogance and narcissism that are quite prevalent in a lot of villains. Uh, so I pulled a lot of my knowledge and know-how from the uh, from Superior Spider-Man, the the run I think it started around 2012. And granted, yes, I know for those of you that are familiar with this run of Spider-Man, uh, Doc Ock isn't really the quote-unquote villain. He's the the run before, and this kind of goes into spoilers, I guess, if you're interested in this run. Uh, the the run beforehand, uh, he swaps bodies with Parker, uh, like at the very last second, uh, when Doc Ock's body is decaying and dying. So he finds a way to swap bodies. So Parker actually is in Doc Ock's body and then Parker dies. And then Doc Ock lives on as Spider-Man slash Peter Parker. And so this whole run of superior Spider-Man, everyone's like, Peter, like, you're not acting like yourself. And then, you know, Spider-Man goes around, like, shooting people in the face with a gun. They're like, that's not fucking Spider-Man. And then the Avengers are like, hey, Spidey, you're not acting like yourself. And, uh, yeah, it's it's really because this fucking douchebag, Doc Ock, is going around um, thinking that he's the superior, you know, Spider-Man. And it's, it's pretty interesting for... For the almost the entirety of the run up until like he realizes that his crux is like his arrogance. Um, and, and this is kind of harping back to what I was just talking about is it, it's that ends up being the uh, the thing that takes him down is thinking that he's like the best that that he knows more than Spider-Man. Like he, he set out to prove to himself and everyone else that he could be a better Spider-Man. And that, that was fueled by the fact that he couldn't like, he was so pissed off that he had, he now has to live on through Peter Parker slash Spider-Man that he can't be himself. Um, so I don't know, like, I know this isn't a super accurate, you know, like, me making a case in point for Doc Ock as a as a, a villain, but you know this is him as Spider Man, um, and I don't know. I, I I stand by what what I think, regardless of whether he's you know being portrayed as superior Spider Man or whether it's actually Doc Ock. I I still think that he's he plays a fantastic villain, um, especially how he he shares so much so much like personality traits and his intelligence mirrors um peters as well and and so um i don't know i i just find him very interesting and effective 
No, I mean, I think that's a great pick. Um, he was very close to being on my short list. Unfortunately, I, I did have him in my honorable mentions, but I figured since you brought him up, I'll go ahead and kind of pitch in my two cents here. Sure. To me, he's almost like the quintessential Spidey villain. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think about Spider-Man, I think about like the classic red and blue suit and then the classic Dr. Octopus, which is like short squat with a bowl cut. <laughs> yeah. Um, those are like the first two things I think about. And I think you hit the nail on the head. He is basically the equal, if not superior to Spider-Man or Peter Parker in intellect. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, beyond that, he's just a great villain. Like he literally brought five other supervillains in the Spider-Man rogues gallery together and created the sinister six, yep. which uh, is fucking dope and evil as shit. So um, <laughs> no, I think that's, a, I think that's a great pick. Yeah, it was, um, this run if you or anyone else gets a chance out there to read superior spider-man if you're looking for a a great spider-man run to get into that is not like your typical spider-man uh like i said it's you know spider-man but it's um but it's not so it's i had a lot of fun with with this particular iteration it was uh, it was a fucking roller coaster ride of emotions. I'll I'll say that much. I, I don't want to spoil anything that happens, um, just because it was so fantastic. But um, yeah, I guess I'll I'll leave it at that. Ted, what is your next pick? Uh, the next villain I want to talk about, which is probably my second favorite villain, just conveniently, is uh, Galactus. Yes, the Devourer of Worlds. Um. He literally just consumes planets to sustain his <laughs> life force. Like, that's fucking hard, yo. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. Um, he's got a really interesting backstory where he existed in like the universe before the Big Bang. I was a space explorer. Uh, when the Big Bang occurred, or shortly thereafter, he unified with the sentience of the universe and then became a demigod. So technically, I'm bending the rules here a little bit since he's beyond our conceptions of morality as a demigod, I don't know that you can say he's actively choosing to engage in evil because it's just like, it's not even a concept to him. It's like, is, you know, it's like a boot crushing an ant almost, you know what I mean? Right. It's just like beyond the ants comprehension. Um, or the, like, I, I don't know. It's just like, is he, is it really evil? The reason I'm, I'm going to allow this. And yes, I am the final say in this. Uh, is that he is still draining the life force from planets. <laughs> so um, pretty much everybody else would consider that evil, and he actively chooses to do that, so I'm saying he makes the cut. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the most important criteria that we came up with is that they have to actively make that decision to be evil, know- knowing that it's evil and or, or wrong, quote-unquote, and so, yeah, I, I think by that definition, it, it fits pretty well. Yeah. Um, he has the ultimate nullifier weapon, which can destroy and then remake the universe, which is... Oh, uh, okay. That's badass, too, also, as well. And, um, like, to me, Galactus is such a, like, a home-run villain. I don't understand how... He hasn't been involved in a good movie. <laughs> His portrayal in the second Fantastic Four movie from like 10 or 15 years ago is one of the times like that portrayal was so offensive to me. <laughs> like, 
apparently it was pretty offensive to me too because I just blocked it out. Like I don't even remember that being a thing. I mean, that was the Silver Surfer one, right? Yes. Okay. The Silver Surfer is his herald, his current herald. Um, okay. Or at least he was at that time. I don't know if he still is in comics. I'm a little out of the loop, but he's definitely the most famous of the galactus heralds where he just basically comes to the planet and is like hey prepare because galactus is going to come fuck your shit up um <laughs> right and you know he's in silver surfer is in the film and is i guess the main antagonist for most of it and then at the end of it galactus shows up and rather than seeing like the classic badass looking galactus it's just like a storm cloud <clears throat> and i remember watching that and being like there will never be another good comic book movie fuck all of you <laughs> <laughs> You don't deserve this. <laughs> yeah, that was that was back in like the early 2000s when comic book movies were just like uh, up up until that point most of them just were not great. Like I, See, I, I disagree know. because there were some that were really really good. Like That's original, why I said most, not yeah, all. The original X-Men trilogy or oh, yeah, two that, or three are yeah. really good. Uh-huh. Um, the original Spider-Man trilogy, or at least two of the three, uh-huh. uh, two and a half of the three are really yeah. good. Oh yeah. You know? the, oh but yeah. Then the, the bad is like catastrophically bad. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it, when, and if they incorporate the fantastic four into the MCU, they'll get it right this time, but we'll see. I mean, they, it was another fucking hard swing and a miss when they try to incorporate it again with, uh, I don't know if that was with Sony or what, but I think it was um, Sony and that was Josh Trank who directed it. And that is like a legendary shit show of a production. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I caught half of it. got bored out of my fucking mind and I had to turn it off. I was like, I'd much rather watch the originals because at least that has like Jessica Alba in it. (laughs) (laughs) Also Chris Evans. Yes. Also Chris (laughs) Evans who played a pretty okay, uh, 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 I was about to say Johnny Blaze, but that's not right. Uh, Johnny Storm. Yeah, there you go. That's the name I was looking for. Um, but yeah. Yeah, he um, was actually a pretty decent uh, Johnny Storm, but <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're bad movies. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, plus I is the correct response. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, we ready to uh, push forward? I I suppose. God, please, yes. <laughs> all right. Well, I chose Bane from Batman for my next one. Uh, so I am not currently finished reading the run that I'm in the middle of with with Bane, but I'm going to talk about him anyways because I do have sufficient knowledge. Um, I found his backstory pretty interesting, although pretty fucking tragic and i almost cried before i got through like just his little intro thing because it was so fucking sad like he's like he he, he's life sentenced before he's even fucking born to be imprisoned for crimes that his father committed uh and i don't know just the way that it was described uh the the writing i i wish i took the time to make note of the writer of uh, of, of this this run i don't I, I think it was more than one writer ted you, you might have some insight as to the writers for um, um yeah it was multiple um but uh but anyways so i i thought he was a pretty effective villain because he's he's not only like he's a physical match for batman uh in, in fact just like we saw in 
uh, Dark Knight Rises. It's also, it holds true in the comic books that he's like a physical match and defeats Batman like on the first, first go around, like he breaks his back. And, but he knew that it would take more than Braun to destroy Batman. Like it, he couldn't just, you know, come in and, you know, fucking uh, clean his clock. He had to, you know, wear him down in some form or fashion. And the plan that he devises is, is pretty, pretty brilliant for the most part. I think it's a little bit of a bitch move, uh, a little bit of a spoiler alert here. Um, he, him and his cronies, uh, I, I say cronies because they're, they're actually also pretty smart like Bane, but they, uh, the the three or four of them like blow a fucking hole in the side of Arkham Asylum and let all the um the the bad guys escape that are currently in there which is like all of them like they're fucking all in there and so Batman uh and Robin they they have to play cleanup for like several issues before Bane really like comes in the picture like where they him and Batman meet face to face finally but you know by that point in time, like Batman is so worn down physically and mentally by having to take on all these villains and get them, you know, all corralled back into Arkham. And by that time he is like in no condition to, to, to face Bane. And while I understand why Bane did that, like he didn't do it so much to let all these villains wear him down so he could come in and, you know, just, you know, wipe him out with a, with a few quick, uh, quick punches and kicks. He, he mostly did that to find, find out more about Batman because at that point in time, he really only knew, uh, things about Batman by what, um, I can't remember his name. I, he keeps on getting referred to as like bird. I think it might be like Falcon or the Falcon or something like that. Um, Ted, you might, uh, remember a little bit better than than i do but in the comic books for the most part i think he just gets referred to as bird um but uh yeah i i don't know i i thought that he was a a very good villain um very effective just because he he's not only a you know a mental match for batman he's he's also a physical match yeah uh a great pick um that that nightfall run um it's a little too long but um that's true of a lot of comic book runs <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah when i started reading it it was um it was like 670 pages i was like fuck yeah, it's, it's long it was like a it was over a year um oh yeah i can't remember exactly how many issues it was and i think it stretched out over a couple of titles as well so it was pretty long um right. I very, very heavily considered Bane, um, not as one of my like top three or what have you, but um, as like an honorable mention, the only problem with Bane is that like his first run is his best and it's not even close. Um, uh, is this is this considered his first? Yeah, that is the introduction okay. of the character, that Nightfall run. Okay. Um, and it's just a, it's a very strong book. It's a very good series. And it like the character of Bane never really lives up to that again, in my opinion. Um, 
you know, you did bring up the Dark Knight Rises, and while this is a comics episode, not a movie episode, like mm-hmm. I feel like Tom Hardy did a pretty good job. It was an interesting iteration uh, yeah. on the character. Um, we're not going to talk about the version from I think it was Batman Forever that was really, really bad and completely where, misunderstood the character. Yeah, where he was basically like a Poison Ivy sex slave. That's not the way I would have described it, but yes. <laughs> well, I remember as a kid watching it and she like took him out of like this tomb thing that she was wheeling around or some shit. And I was like, wait, is she like, is Bane her submissive? Like, is that what's yes, going that's on her sub. <laughs> Yeah. Like I, I'm, and I was like 13 at the fucking time. And uh, I was like, wait, this, this seems oddly sexual. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's that's just like a fundamental misunderstanding of the character by people who did not really have an appreciation for comics clearly Um, where it's just like the character of bane in the comics is like very intelligent you know a great planner great tactician and also you know huge and juiced up because of the um because of venom right i think is i think it's called the the venom um, yeah yeah it's just called venom or the venom um whatever um, obviously different than the symbiote venom from Marvel, um, yes. but venom's just a cool word. So that's what they went with. Right. Um, whereas, you know, in that film, he was just like basically zombie strong. Right. Yeah. It, um, it wasn't really bad. Yeah. I, I think it, <clears throat> it seemed like they made an active effort to not really, uh, take the time to explain why he wears the mask. I mean, there's even the crack at the beginning where the, the dude on the airplanes, like, you know, why does he wear the mask? And, you know, he's like, it doesn't matter where, why, or, well, no, they, they do explain it. They explain that he's in like constant pain and that those basically that the mask basically pumps in painkillers. Sure. Um, and that's in the dark Knight rises in the comics. That's the source of venom. Like that's right. how he gets the the jolt from Venom, right? It's been a long yeah. time since I've read it, but I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, he's got like a little control panel or something on his on his arm, and uh, I think it's controlled by like these four hoses or, or such. Yeah, that... they come out. It's a pack on his back that go into the mask. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, it's very interesting uh, the the way that all this is written. Um, I, I I like the way that they took the time with Bane before they uh, dropped into the Bat- Batman storyline. But I also like going off of what I've read with this, I actually have to applaud like Chris Nolan and the writers for the dark Knight rises, because like, I think they, you know, they did a pretty good job and I know we're not here to talk about the movies, like you said, but, you know, I think they did a pretty decent job at, at writing a movie version of, of Bane. Um, like we said, it's definitely better than, um, the, uh, the earlier version of Bane and, uh, yeah. that what, the Joel <laughs> Schumacher Batman. Yeah. Or... Fuck you, Joel Schumacher. Just forever. <laughs> yeah. Is, is he even making movies anymore? I hope not. I think, I think he's retired. He has kind of expressed some regrets, um, <laughs> and has said like, wanted it to be campy and fun and for kids. And that's one of the reasons he got the job is because when Burton turned in like the weird S and M cat the studio was like, what the fuck is this dude? Like this is, this is no, we can't have this. Um, so they right. turned it over to somebody who, you know, was going to make a, a family friendly movie or very close to family friendly movie. Um, right. that's going to help that they were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, 
And anybody who's trying to reassess them now, 20 years later is blinded by nostalgia. I'm sorry. I get nostalgia a hundred percent, but those movies are fucking bad. Yeah. Uh, they're not, they're not great. Uh, nipples on the Batman suit. Not a, not a wise, wise idea, but we're going to, we're going to push forward. Yes. We're (laughs) going to, Ooh, this is taking a turn. Uh, let's get back into the good. Uh, yeah. the bad i guess yeah ted ted what is your what is your next pick um i i didn't set out to do this it just sort of happened this way um and i kind of went in reverse order and made it a countdown of sorts of my favorite villains but my all-time favorite villain in comic books is dr victor von doom i don't know there's just like there's something about this villain that has always stuck with me. Um, it really struck a chord with me and always stuck with me. I've never really been a big Fantastic Four fan. Um, mm-hmm. It just never really grabbed me other than Doctor Doom. And I think the reason that I like Doctor Doom so much is not just because it's an interesting character, like he's a super genius um, and, and all this, but like he's just very he's just a very human villain. And what I mean by that is like he's arrogant, he's vain, like he lets his um pride get the best of him like you look at a lot of these villains like dark side for example like pride is definitely a, a point in his character but he's also like a supreme being mm-hmm. so it's 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 cool like dark side's a cool character but like in terms of development and complexity and interest like he's kind of lacking sure whereas dr doom is like a complex character one of the most complex villains in my opinion because despite his obvious evil actions and his villainy he literally he has a deep care for his nation and his subjects mm-hmm. and he genuinely has wishes for a utopian society now he does want to be the ruler of that society right and despite those genuine wishes for utopia he does pursue evil intentions to get there however he does also allow himself to be judged by the panther god of wakanda who basically looks deep into your soul to determine what the actual truth is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the Panther God was like, no, that's legit. He really wants this. He doesn't want to be the ruler of it, but like he wants a better world. There's so many instances of doom talking about this, where he's like, I have looked at all the, the data and I've looked at the future and I have seen that there is only one true utopia and that is doom world, which mm-hmm. is basically like, you know, where he's, god essentially Uh um he's got so many great lines in 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 all of you know his history one of my favorites is just so it's really simple it's just i am doom destroyer of worlds what gods dare stand against me which is (laughs) fucking hard as shit (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty fucking hard yeah that's uh that's badass yeah um he just rules and uh I'm, I'm not a collector by any stretch but one of my prized possessions something i had to have when i saw it is a life-size full-size replica of the doom mask and and like head mm-hmm. um and it fucking is dope right yeah yeah it's his his cost costume is pretty fucking scary uh and i i I actually don't think i've seen too many dr doom cosplays with uh with going to the conventions that we've been to like mtech or galaxy con or any of the others like i i don't know if i've seen a dr doom um not to say that there hasn't been one but i don't think we've seen one 
Um, so that's yeah. That's... It's not a from what I've seen, it's not a super popular cosplay, and I think probably a big reason for that is that a lot of people are more familiar with the movie versions of Doom, which are offensive, straight up offensively bad. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, how are they offensive? But offensive is in like they're terrible. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the, the sensibilities. Um, and also like, since he's made of, you know, he's got that metal armor, that seems like it'd be pretty difficult to do in a way that looked good and also wasn't like awful to wear. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's definitely true. Um, and I think also this is just kind of maybe me thinking about it, but I think a lot of the people that would be into the idea of crafting a suit of armor would probably be more into cosplaying as like someone for like a knight or someone from Game of Thrones or from like a popular fantasy series rather than like Doctor Doom. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe uh, this would be an opportunity for me to take on that task. Uh, probably never have the time to do it, so it'll probably never happen. But, um, you know, what's the harm in looking into it? Sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, if uh, if that's that's all you got on uh, Doctor Doom, I'll uh, we'll press forward with my last villain. Knock it out. All right. So my last villain is the Green Goblin. Yeah, we're going to talk about this fucking guy a couple more minutes after <laughs> we uh, we talked him up during the poll. So I I liked him because. It, you know, it was no accident that we put pitted up, pitted him up against the Joker in the Facebook poll. Like, I find them pretty akin to each other. You know, they're both very, like, dastardly in the same way of, you know, they, they play pranks and jokes. And, uh, but, like, I'm a sucker for a backstory. And the thing about Joker is that he doesn't fucking have one. And I, like, I get that, but, like... You know, the the reason why Green Goblin is the way that he is is because he was Norman Osborn and now he's the Green Goblin and, you know, there's point A and there's point B, but with the Joker, there's just point B. Um, so that's, that's a lot of the reason why I picked Green Goblin. Uh, I think he's effect- an effective villain because of a lot of the reasons that we've talked about so far uh, in the, uh, in the podcast intro, but, you know, he also, he, he has some really honestly has some really cool tech like the hoverboard and the pumpkin bombs and the goblin gas that he uses to create a goblin army that is fucking terrifying not to mention the fact that like he's like he's still like norman osborne with like the smarts of norman osborne where he like he found um spider-man's like little spider bots and reprogrammed them to where anytime they saw a green goblin or hub hub goblin mask or, or outfit uniform costume what have you it would totally ignore the fact that it that it was a threat so he uh, the green goblin was able to build this you know entire army under spider-man's nose without him knowing that all this was going on and then he just fucking attacked and there was literally nothing spider-man could do to 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 stop him and uh yeah it it was just uh that particular um run of of the green goblin was was very excellent and that plan was while it was 
kind of sad to to watch happen you knew in the back of your mind like it was happening to to doc ock and fuck that guy uh he deserved it because he was an asshole so it was kind of fun to root for the villain for a few quick seconds until uh you know things shifted a little bit at the very end um but yeah uh, like i said i i thought that um you know the green goblin is is pretty cool he's um you know he he likes to initiate his attacks like almost like a domino effect where he like knocks down one domino and then like the rest just like fall into place um so yeah i i don't know i i I thought he's pretty effective yeah i mean I, i love the green goblin um it's almost two villains in one because you have norman osborne Mm-hmm. And then you have the Green Goblin, which is Norman Osborn originally, but then also some other people take up the mantle later. Right, because Nor- Norman Osborn is just like an antagonist from like day one. Yeah. Um, and that that's that's what I was getting at is like, not only is he a villain as the Green Goblin, but he's just a villain as Norman Osborn with like Oscorp. And he, right. um, you know, I think in recent or at least fairly recent, you know, uh, story continuity, like he's doing things as Norman Osborn, like taking over, um, different things to like set him up to be able to do evil things as Norman Osborn and not even need the green goblin. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he pretty much does that same thing. in uh, I know this isn't a comic book, but in the Spider-Man PS4 game, like he, he does that too. Like he is a major dick, in uh in the spider-man ps4 game where he like he basically just buys uh um buys a doc ox uh, company and he's uh, forces him out and yeah takes all his tech and he's like yep you're you're fucked now all your shit is mine and i was like ah dick move man dick move that's a dick move yeah uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got for Green Goblin. Um, should we get to honorable mentions? Honorable, yes. Honorable, yes. Um, it was very difficult to like. I I've been reading comic books for like the better part of three decades, so it was pretty difficult for me to make a list that wasn't five hundred characters long. <laughs> um, and then it was super difficult to trim it down to ten or so. Um. I think I did a fairly decent job. I mean, you know, like I said, these are chalk pretty much, I guess, in the sense that I don't think there were any, like, anything out of left field necessarily. Sure. And my honorable mentions are pretty much the same. Um, First one I have that I want to point out is Lex Luthor. Okay. From DC and Superman. Uh, Just another great human villain. He doesn't have any powers to speak of unless you want to count like supreme intelligence um, and wealth. But um, he just possesses all the worst qualities of humanity. Very versatile character. So in different eras, he's been different things. So, um, you know, he's like the super xenophobic guy where he's like, Superman's an alien and that's bad. Um, (laughs) He's like the Wall Street tycoon. Um, slash corporate executive greed is good Gordon Gecko type character in one era, you know, um, to, I think fairly recently he was, um, so he was like a politician, which is gross also, you know, so like just all the, all the terrible things a human being could be Lex Luthor has pretty much been them. Right. Um, you know, there, 
there have been some really good iterations of Luther as as a villain or quasi villain as well. It's just a just a great character all around. <clears throat> uh, next, I have Magneto. It was very difficult to leave him off of my short list mm-hmm. because I think he's basically the perfect foil for the X Men and in particular Charles Xavier. Um, but when I was looking at it, I was like is he as interesting or as great of a character or villain as any of the three I mentioned? And I was like, as interesting? Yes. As great of a villain? Probably not. So sure. Um, it was, it was kind of tough, but like I said, I think he basically is the perfect foil. He is like the quintessential X-Men villain. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in my opinion, you know, he's, I think the villain that most people think of when they think about the X-Men, I think it's probably the X-Men and Magneto or the X-Men and Magneto and the Sentinels in some order. Um, next I have Kingpin from Marvel. I think he debuted as a Spider-Man villain, if my memory serves correctly, but he's been kind of a thorn in everybody's side at one time or another. Yeah. Uh, a lot of great runs with the Punisher as well. Um, and Daredevil, of course, uh, just a great villain because again, he's human and he's just like the, the Kingpin of crime. Like he's just like a crime boss, which is, um, interesting in that you know in comic books it's it's typically about like superheroes and supervillains and he's just like a regular dude who's still just like going toe-to-toe with you know superheroes right ozymandias from watchmen um he destroyed a huge part of the population to get world peace which um your results may vary but to me that's a huge dick move Oroku Saki, the Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, ninjas fucking rule. Um, the name the Shredder fucking rules. His armor fucking rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what else needs to be said. Just like, duh. <laughs> also, Super Shredder. Yes, Super Shredder also fucking rules. <laughs> Super Shredder! Yeah. Um, also has one of my favorite lines. Again, this is about comics, not movies necessarily, but um, in the in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, he has one of the great lines where he says about um, Toka and Rezar, they're babies. Uh, and the way he says it with like all the subtlety of a crowbar to the face is, um, is wonderful. It's magnificent. Uh, next, <laughs> next, I have Modok, the mental organism designed only for killing, uh, based only on the name alone legitimately that's the only reason i picked him that's just that's fucking right. tough. um and then finally i have uh solomon grundy not a great villain um not a lot of great solomon grundy stories but how do you not like a character that is basically the zombie version of the hulk <laughs> like right like how do you not how do you not um and that that's it that's that's my my list of uh of great villains dope I like your honorable mentions. There, uh, thank you, sir. Uh, I, I might have to plug your brain after uh, we're done recording about a couple of these because I'm very interested in some uh, some good runs that I might be able to check these out in. So, but I'll uh, I'll continue with my honorable mentions. They're not as lengthy as as yours. Uh, I I don't have uh, well I have about the same amount, but not as not nearly as much to to say and as articulate as you tend to be um but i have uh i wanted to pick two that are from lesser known but still pretty relatively popular uh comic book uh runs iterations what have you um and the two or three really uh are from uh umbrella academy and that's hazel and cha-cha uh the 
I really wanted to put these, like, if we were doing comic book villains from the show or movie that they were based off of from the comic book, these would hands down be on that list. Uh, the only reason why, uh, or one of the reasons why they're not on my main list for comic book villains is because they have such a short part in the comic books compared to the the show like in the show hazel and cha-cha they're there for pretty much the entire uh season um and they're pretty good in the show and they're excellent in the comic book but like i said they're not around for very long um they're just fucking psychotic in in the show uh like they're uh they're eating like pie at this diner and what the uh the the chef comes out and he's like you like my pie eh like i uh uh i i've been working on this recipe since i was a boy and it was passed down from generation to generation and blah 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 and he's uh one of the one of them either hazel cha cha they're like any uh any way we could get the recipes like you'd have to kill me first and they both look at each other like ah and then they proceed to like dismember this dude um and then like kill everyone in the diner uh so that was pretty fucking harsh um but that was kind of like the the pinnacle of their reign in the uh, the comic books their their reign was relatively short-lived in the comics uh but anyways um also from the umbrella academy i chose uh viola uh she she's great in the show once again but kind of um a, a little lackluster in the comic books um comparatively speaking but she still is pretty powerful her um her motives are are pretty relatable on a human level like she she was the only one um well her she was raised to believe that she was the only one out of the out of the seven um that were adopted by uh what's his name hargreaves that that didn't have any uh any superpowers but uh as we all know turns out that she does have superpowers but you know she grew up believing that she wasn't special and he like crammed this down her fucking throat and once you know she got this quote-unquote makeover by this dastardly orchestra out of uh out of all uh, villains, um, she you know has now the power to play her violin and just literally tear a hole through fucking people, um, and and the universe. So yeah, uh, she's pretty badass. I I kind of had to put her on there. Um, also, I have uh, Poison Ivy uh, and Joker and Two Face from the DC universe. Uh, I I felt like I had to mention them and then Kingpin uh Ted he he kind of mentioned Kingpin as well uh I I pretty much echo everything that he said about Kingpin uh I I love his his portrayal in in comic books as well as the show I know that we're not talking about you know the uh the Marvel um Netflix shows but uh yeah I I loved his portrayal by Vincent D'Onofrio. I thought it was fucking on point and goddamn terrifying, in fact. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I had to stick him on here in my honorable mention. So yeah, that is my list. That's a solid list. Yeah. I uh, 
like I said, I, uh, I'm my, my knowledge isn't as adequate as yours to be able to back up my reasonings, but I have my reasons nonetheless. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think with that, that is, uh, is going to do it for this episode. Um, for our final episode of this villains theme month series we of course are doing a watch along we haven't narrowed down our movie just yet we have a few contenders in our back pocket that we're tossing around um we'll probably throw up a poll here soon on on facebook to to see what people would most likely be interested in uh we we may or may not do that uh, if we have a hard enough time coming up with something on our own that that we I'm really think would, would stick we of course you know part of the point of doing this podcast is to make content that people are actually interested in i think uh, uh so so yeah we'll, we we may end up doing that here uh very soon in the near future so that that might actually be going on by the time uh, this episode airs so definitely be on the lookout for that if uh, if it hasn't hit these social media airwaves by the time this hits the podcast airwaves so uh yeah ted you you got anything else uh, you want to mention before we uh, sign off this bitch um not really stay safe <laughs> you know yeah uh yeah um yeah, don't uh, don't cough in anyone's mouth or let anyone cough in your mouth. Um, wipe down your groceries, I guess, if you are able to have Clorox or Lysol wipes. Um, and okay, we should definitely uh, clarify what David is saying, and he's not saying you should wipe Lysol wipes on everything before you eat it. He's <laughs> just saying be careful and wash your fucking hands. And uh, as always, be kind, stay geeky, eat lots of cheesecake, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Later. Peace. <laughs> Bye. Toodaloo, motherfucker.